Okay, what's up? Here we go. It's the Man Fuse Podcast. I am Kay Lee, audio producer, your host, my co-host as always, Ben H., Mr. Real Estate, sitting next to me. So today, it is a sad day on the Man Fuse Podcast. Unfortunately, I have something going on in my life right now that is affecting my family directly. And I guess this episode will be a paying homage We're going to go through some news clips like the CDC raising some alarms over a fungus that has a 30 to 60% death rate. Not exactly the same fungus like cordyceps that's featured in the show The Last of Us, but deadly nonetheless. Puts the whole thing into perspective. And we're going to talk about Trump. Some are predicting that if he gets arrested for the Stormy Daniels payoff. Some are saying he's for sure going to win the election in 2024, but I'm not really sure I believe that. And the CEO of TikTok on Capitol Hill. I think we all know these politicians that were grilling him are a bunch of fucking idiots. Nonetheless, they have pretty good reason not to trust China. But first, so my parents divorced uh, when I was in third or fourth grade. My dad remarried three to four years later. My mom was a single mom for probably 10 or 15 years. My mom was very picky. Yeah. Dude better have his shit together. You better have insurance. You're a fucking adult. You better do adult things. She dated, but my mom didn't remarry for probably 15 years until she met a gentleman who ended up becoming my stepdad. I was kind of blessed. Now, your parents are still married, Ben, which is an amazing thing. It is. But you hear stories all the time about the step-parents and how the step-parents don't get along with the kids. And there's not a high level of respect a lot of times, not every time. But with my particular case, you know, I was a teenager. So, you know, did I butt heads with my stepmom at points? Yeah, I did. I truly love my stepmom. I think she's a great person. Yeah. She's part of the family. Sure. My stepdad very quickly became part of the family. He was not a flashy individual, but he was very fucking smart. Right. And he had about the driest, most unique sense of humor I have ever met in my life. Yeah. Now, my stepdad, just to give you an idea, when my brother moved to Australia years later after he'd been living there, he married and we went to the wedding. Now, my stepdad took my mom, me, and all of his kids to New Zealand first no way. and to Australia so we could attend the wedding. So we are there. We are, it's, I guess it's about to be summer in Australia. Yeah. We're at the wedding. Now, I've never met my sister-in-law's family, neither has my stepdad. And... My stepdad is, you know, just doing what my stepdad does. My stepdad is one of those people that asks a million questions. Yeah. Every time you see him, he'll ask how your business is doing. And then he'll ask questions about, he just loves to understand. And it's not because he's being a dick. Some people might even feel interrogated. But he's just genuinely interested. He was built for business. The man hasn't worked for anybody in 40 fucking years. He's owned Dunkin' Donuts. He's owned rent-to-own-your-rim stores. Think about the fucking... Think about the hustle with financing rims for cars. Yeah. 
Aaron Rents. My stepdad used to own nine Aaron Rent to own your furniture stores. Right. It's like issuing credit. My stepdad is at the wedding. Introdu- you know, he's speaking to my sister-in-law's family. Hey, who are you? I'm I'm Nikki's uh, husband. Which my stepdad has been married two other times. He proceeds to tell my sister-in-law's family yeah. that he has been married three times. Actually, this would be his fourth. The first two had died from food poisoning. Dang. Could yeah. never really tell that he was telling right. a joke. Right. He's being deadpan fucking serious. Right. And their jaws are dropping. They both died from food poisoning. And the third one died from a concussion. Oh. She wouldn't eat the food. Wow. And then walked away. Wow. And so my sister-in-law's family is like, oh my God. Serial murder. That poor woman. Yeah. Like talking about my mom. But it was just, and, and I probably am not doing it justice telling you the story. But that shit was just commonplace. Yeah. He was just so fucking dry. Right. Unfortunately, a year ago, my stepdad, after we all went to San Diego for a week, it's been a little over a year, he wasn't feeling well. He's being, he had shortness of breath and yeah. he was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis, which I believe is when your lungs start to harden. So you're not able to intake and absorb as much oxygen. Right. He's been on oxygen for a year. When he's mobile, he has oxygen. But he's not in a wheelchair, and he still exercises. So the doctors, for what he has, which is there is no cure, look at him as like, it's amazing that you're still walking. Most people are so unhealthy, they're in a wheelchair. But he's exercising, but he's got to have oxygen. Right. And then about two weeks ago... He came down with COVID. Ooh. My mom had to call 911 and he was rushed to the hospital Dang. because he was moving so slow hmm. and he was so out of breath and he wouldn't eat. And so my mom was like, you need more care than right. you're getting at home. Right. They thought he had a pretty good chance. He doesn't have COVID anymore, but the effects of COVID or whatever this thing is, you're not testing positive. It doesn't mean it's not any of the havoc that it wreaked right. in your body is completely gone. Now, to somebody like my stepdad, this is who COVID looks for. Yeah. He's not going to make Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, man. Feel for my mom. Definitely. Who has been by his side. I feel for his children. My kids have affectionately grown to love this man. Yeah. One of like the things that he loved to do with my kids, he's going to take them to a movie, the older right. kids. And my stepdad loved, he's in his 70s, and he loved to go and see the cartoons. Just three weeks ago, a month ago, him and my mom took, he's got his oxygen, Yeah. but took my two older kids to see Puss in Boots. That's awesome. And he loves that. Right. You know, buys them all the candy they could shove in their face. Right. And having to tell them yesterday, it didn't look like he was going to make it. You know, and this is a 10-year-old and 6-year-old who up until this point, other than my wife's mother who lived with us, but my daughter at the time was 
two or three years old and my son was probably six, they haven't really had to, other than dogs passing, they haven't really had to experience death. And dude, it's heartbreaking. Like watching my daughter cry for, and he's not dead. And probably the long shot of long shots as my mom is telling me that I guess this is his time. Yeah, it is hard. This man... Really, over my journey since he, you know, became serious with my mom, has been a mentor, a cheerleader, any connections I ever needed, he'd hand them to me. Right. And he did many times. I remember when I was, oh man, to be with all clarity, I had hit a rough point in my life. I needed to get out of my town home. I let it go. It got foreclosed on. I was three years behind on my taxes. Right. I didn't have, I was in a new business is actually when I kind of started in real estate. And then I started working at the W hotel before I got into radio. And once I started making a little money on the W two side, that's when the IRS started coming after me. Of course. Like, you haven't paid taxes. And because I never filed my taxes. Yeah. And I sold off a lot of my stock stuff. The IRS was coming after me saying, you owe us $81,000. Mm. And my stepdad, who is very successful and yeah. has an accountant on payroll. Right. Basically reached out to that accountant and said, hey, my stepson is three years behind on his taxes as a favor to me for all the business I've done with you. Will you do his taxes? Yeah. And dude, I had, and I provided all of the documentation, which got me even with the IRS as a favor. Praise the Lord. And I mean, to me, that's privileged. A lot of people probably wouldn't have that resource just handed to them. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for that. Um, I was in a dark place in my life and I was at a, a turning point, a big turning point for me, which actually led me to where I am today. Yeah. And to Ron Herman, you will be missed tremendously and you are loved and your impact has been great on my family, on your family. And I believe anybody that ever came into contact with you and as of right now, he is still with us. Will yeah. he be here tomorrow? I don't know. We don't know. And I will he be here Monday? I don't know. Will he be here when this podcast drops? Don't know. We don't know. But we love you. And regardless, I the only thing I could want for you is your transition to be as peaceful as possible. Yeah. If that is what's in store. Right. And... uh you will be missed. Yeah, man. You know, he was a great guy. I talked to him a number of times, and he helped me out even back in the day. He, uh, we contacts. gave you a referring to yeah. a deal you actually worked your ass off on, but it was a, a warehouse. Got it? it done. Yeah. Yeah. It I got took it forever. Done. It took forever, but I got it done. Yeah. That, that was at the beginning of your journey back yeah. into real estate yeah. the second time That's after right. our first. Yes. So, you know, he was always really nice to me. And, and he and, asked uh, about you. If he ever met my ex-girlfriend, which he did, right? sometimes he wouldn't think about it and he'd bring it up and he'd, like, he'd bring it up in front of Aaron. Right. Well, hey, how's that girl? Right. And my wife would be like, 
what girl? Right. I, I babe, I don't know why he asked that. Yeah, I have no idea. But he asked about you pretty often. If yeah. like it would just be a random question. How's your buddy Ben doing? Yeah, yeah. Is he still in real estate? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. You know, our life is so short. The best we can hope is that we can leave a great impact on people, that we can help other people get ahead, that we can be a positive influence on other people's lives. Um, so last night, um, it was bittersweet. Last night was the services. You yeah, know, sorry about uh, that. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it sucked. And when you hear some of the people that did speak, dude was just, everyone kind of had some similar crazy stories. Super entrepreneur, um, you know, had a bad drug problem at one point in his life. But when he decided to quit, he had been sober like 40 years. Yeah. And I'm talking from like highly extreme drug use. When he stopped, he stopped, dude, and remained sober for, I mean, unwavering. Yeah. Which that says a lot about someone's character. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to kick. Some funny story. How old was he? He was in his, I think he's like 77, 78, okay. I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, but my stepbrother, who's very, very successful, got up there and he spoke. And like at any service, you hear, you know, you're sad, but you hear a lot of stuff that makes you laugh. Right. You know, celebrating the character. of this. Yeah. And this dude was a character. Yeah. Serial entrepreneur. My stepbrother started it off with a, uh, a quote. Because on the way here, he was listening to a Richard Branson podcast, he said, or yeah. watching one. And Richard Branson said that, um, and we won't talk about this very long, but he said that uh, the brave may not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. Mm. And I heard that and I was like, that's pretty badass. Yeah, I like that. And he was brave in tons of ways so funny though to hear so my younger stepbrother flies into town red eye makes it there just before they take his oxygen off so he makes it there so he's able to talk my stepbrother walks in the room my older stepbrother is telling the story now he looks at my younger stepbrother and was like i'm leaving you six million (laughs) dollars (laughs) <laughs> and then and then no acts like he passed and then opened up his eyes and said just kidding <laughs> even till he passed his sense of humor was was he obviously conscious and so forth he was conscious until they removed his oxygen because at that point they couldn't do anything else for him he couldn't breathe So the theory was his lungs were in such bad shape that without the, he wasn't on a vent, but without the maximum amount of oxygen, like a mask could give you or whatever thing that goes in your nose, um, that his lungs would not be able to sustain him and that the oxygen he could get from the machines at his house wouldn't be enough. Once they took him off the oxygen, they sedated him heavily. Not, not a. They didn't put him in a coma. Yeah. But he was so sedated, he was not. He would have no discomfort. Yeah. And so that's eventually it took. They thought it wouldn't last a day. It lasted four days, but wow. he wasn't. He wasn't with it after yeah. that. And then he passed. He had decided. Yeah, yeah, but on his own damn terms. For was, four days. Yeah. At about a. 
fifty wow. percent oxygen. Wow. Which you need like ninety, ninety-five. Yeah. Even with like a breathing machine at home, you, you use that to get you to that ninety because your brain can't function on fifty percent oxygen, and right. your and your your extremities can't function either. Yeah. So you know you end up being a vegetable if yeah. not, and that's the last thing somebody wants. And it was super funny too. So my stepdad owns multiple restaurants, and his partner ma- slash manager that runs it all came by to pay his respects before the oxygen mask came off. And just like my stepfather, as soon as he sees him, he's like, what are the numbers? When are we opening the new store? That's funny. Because they have a sixth store that'll yeah. open in like a week. That was all he was concerned with. Right. What is the volume numbers yeah. that are coming in? Yeah. And when is the new store opening? Right. That's Even though cool. it's out of his hands now. Once he passed... My mom said that he looked literally 30 years younger because all the stress, all the pain instantly was out of his face. Yeah. Like 30 years younger, you look. Yeah, as you think about it, I mean, you've got tension everywhere. Right. Whatever. It's horrible. But it's part of life. Yeah. We'll miss you, Ron. This is the Man Fuse podcast. If you want to join the show, you want to share the show, go to manfuse.com. Also, you can hit us up at 770-744-5227. Love your family. If you're estranged from your family, reach out to them. Because as Ben just said, life is short. My mom probably never thought that she would go home to an empty house that would not be filled with his presence again. That's right. So one day you're here, and then you're fucking gone. That's it, man. Cherish the time. Love the people around you, and impact those you run into in the best way you can. The Last of Us is based on a video game. Okay. Obviously, the name right there, The Last of Us. Right. Meaning there's some apocalyptic event that happens where there's only a few people left on Earth. So opening scene... And that's your biggest worry? Yes, any kind of virus, but most probably something similar to influenza. Because of air travel? Through the air. Coughing. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant people on planes. Uh, That was something you described in your book. Yes, a new virus in Madagascar, say, could be in Chicago within a matter of weeks, and we end up with a global pandemic. Pan meaning all, the whole world becomes sick all at once. Hmm. And uh, Dr. Newman, you're also an epidemiologist. I presume the prospect of a viral pandemic keeps you up at night as well. No. No? No. All right, well, that's our show. (laughs) No, mankind has been at war with the virus from the start. Sometimes millions of people die as in an actual war, but in the end, we always win. Uh, But uh, just to be clear, you you do think microorganisms pose a threat? Oh, in the most dire terms. Bacteria? No. You like saying no? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not bacteria, not viruses, so... Fungus. Yes, that's the usual response. Fungi seem harmless enough. Many species know otherwise, because there are some fungi who seek not to kill, but to control. Let me ask you, where do we get LSD from? Where do you get it from? (laughs) It comes from ergot, a fungus. Psilocybin, also a fungus. Viruses can make us ill, but fungi can alter our very minds. There's a fungus that infects insects, gets inside an ant, for example, travels through its circulatory system to the ant's brain and then floods it with hallucinogens, thus bending the ant's mind to its will. 
fungus starts to direct the ant's behavior, telling it where to go, what to do, like what? a puppeteer with a marionette. And it gets worse. The fungus needs food to live, so it begins to devour its host from within, replacing the ant's flesh with its own. But it doesn't let its victim die, no. It, it keeps its puppet alive by preventing decomposition. How? Where do we get penicillin from? Fungus. <laughs> oh. Dr. Schoenheist, you're in distress. Fungal infection of this kind is real, but not in humans. True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently, there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now, there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates, and an Ascomycetia, Candida, Ergot, Cordyceps, Aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of burrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. Billions of puppets with poisoned minds, permanently fixed on one unifying goal, to spread the infection to every last human alive by any means necessary. And there are no treatments for this, no preventatives, no cures. They don't exist. It's not even possible to make them. So if that happens, we lose. That was crazy. So that shit's real. Cordyceps, there is a fungus that is in our grass right now. Right. It's just never mutated over to a human being. Yeah. So in this show, and without spoiling anything... Do people get taken advantage of by mushrooms? No, it's crazy because global warming... Right. This was in the 80s, yeah. present day. Where are we at? Right. Temperatures are rising. This virus, the, what he just talked about, ends up happening, which creates these... It's like a zombie, wow. basically, that are all interwoven... They become zombies, essentially. Wow. They could be laying dormant, sleeping, and you step on, like, the vein of a mushroom, and it wakens them up. Yesterday, I'm on the um, internet, and I'm looking. It's called Candida auris, and it's been around for years, but the problem is it's growing and spreading. And over the last three years, over the course of the pandemic, it's tripled to expected 2,500 cases in 2022. Here's the problem. It's increasing drug resistance. As you just said, it spreads in hospitals and nursing homes. But if you're immunocompromised or you're in that hospital for a chronic illness or an acute illness, it can get you pretty sick. And if it gets you sick, it's got a 30 to 60 percent death rate, which is which is what's really concerning. Again, growing drug resistance has what's put the CDC on on guard here and on alarm. And we have new antifungal treatments happening, Sandra, but they're only in the pipeline. Now, I want to say one thing reassuring. It does not do well with warm blooded creatures like humans. Fungi do extremely well with cold blooded creatures. That's mm. why you see that that ant that ant disease, the zombie ant fungi spreading and they they talked about that in the last of us on this hbo yesterday. max huge wow. response to that but that is not going to get humans unless it mutates this will be controlled by our immune system by us being warm-blooded because again fungi like cold-blooded and by emerging treatments however mutations worry me and also what is being done in the lab worries me so I, I know a few people who might qualify as cold-blooded individuals, Doc, but uh, you say that this has got a 30 to 60% death rate if you get it. 
if you get it, how do you treat it if it's that drug resistant? Well, that's a really good point, John. And, and it's immunocompromised that I'm worried about. There is a drug called the canocandins that work most of the time. That's our stalwart. That's our gu guide. That's the best treatment. But that's showing a drug resistance in now 5 to 15 percent of cases. That's the one I have my eye on. But it's multiple resistance. We got a lot of antifungal drugs, but this mm -hmm. one is a growing resistance. This is why CDC is setting off the alarm. One more thing. CDC also concerned about the fact that it's misdiagnosed all the time. We're not used to fungi spreading. We're not used to yeast spreading. And there's yeast a lot of places, but this has to be looked at very carefully. And we're missing a lot of these diagnoses in hospitals because, again, the hospital's geared up towards a super attention to COVID and missed a lot of these other emerging infections. While we have COVID to worry about, there could be something even more extreme on the horizon. Trump, he's about to get arrested. Or so he said. He made the announcement that he was going to get arrested, right? Yeah. So he came out. He came out on on his own platform and said that he was going to get arrested on Tuesday. And then the um, Manhattan Southern District uh, Attorney General confirmed that they were looking to press charges and have him indicted for a hush money payment to, to the Stormy star. Daniels back in the day. This is a case that's been looked at like five times this was when he was running for president right, right. before the election actually right. and somebody released this whole thing right in just yeah. in time for the election right it, yeah exactly exactly well it was it was trump's lawyer michael Cohn, who flipped on trump and actually had gotten thrown into jail yeah um who and became a witness correct became a witness and who was actually he went to jail for perjury for lying mm -hmm. um and so you know he was an unreliable witness basically from that perspective the guy who worked with michael cohen in a former case as an attorney came forward and brought forward documentation which disproved the case that that the, the Manhattan DA was filing on Trump. So the whole thing blew up in their face when they tried to do it. It's just funny. But is he going to get arrested, most likely? And why have people been saying, if he gets arrested, he's definitely winning the election? Well, in that particular case, it was because it, the case itself was such a weak approach. It was such a weak approach. I mean, when you talk about arresting a former president of the United States, you can go back on presidents of the United States and arrest them for crimes. Like, president of the United States is not supposed to be charged. You, you're not supposed to be able to charge a president of the United States. You can charge them with war crimes. You can charge them with sometimes they have to decide which decision is least bad. Right. Knowing that their, their decision. Which but is, he's not president anymore. It doesn't matter. No former president has been. Never happened before. Even Nixon resigned before anything like. Yeah, you don't arrest a former president of the United States, especially on some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Any of them could be arrested for a multitude of things. Of course. And moving forward into I the future. I never had sex with that woman. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Bill Clinton paid like 850000 hush money payment. Right. He never got arrested for that. No. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you want to talk about, like, all the insider trading. I mean, all the crazy things that ha I mean, it's just funny because they're obviously trying to go after him to keep him off the ballot. There's never been anyone that's been looked at under a finer microscope. They have subpoenaed and received 
his taxes. And they have gone through his taxes at the highest levels of an acting U.S. And they found nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. They've gone through his house. They raided his house. Well, they found documents. He's a president of the United States. He's got documents. It's the but, commander but, in chief. You don't just like go home and like, all right, guess it's just but, back to my normal but, life. I mean, there are reports in these reports that the archives, people who handled these documents, had reached out multiple times asking for him back, but he refused to give it to him back. Nobody knows. But all Biden knows. has had documents but, found. Dude, everybody in like, does. I mean, every president has documents. Didn't I mean, Pence have documents? Of too? course. Like everybody has documents. You know what I'm saying? Oh, You're yeah. the president of the damn United States. You know? I don't remember where I put all those documents. <laughs> no, I mean, he had them in a locked up safe room. Yeah. They were all locked up. Well, they were secured. I mean, Biden's like, were in his garage. But they trashed his house. They trashed Mar-a-Lago, dude. They trashed his son's room, his closet, his, you know, his bedroom and shit. They like trash his house, searching through it like he was a fucking like coke was. dealer or something. President of the United States. That's pretty serious. Do you think they treated Biden's Corvette no, in his garage dude. the same <laughs> when they when they uncovered that whole thing was so weird? I'd love it because I mean they just they they pull such stupid shit sometimes, you know, and I just love it to see it blow up in their face to be honest with so, you. So so but now I heard that his current attorney might be subpoenaed to testify about the documents that, you know, did he know he had them and wasn't giving them to him? Did the attorney know that Trump knew he had them? And they're like trying to go after the correspondence. It's so stupid. It's irrelevant. A president can declassify documents. They're the only ones with the power to declassify documents. And can you just go, these are declassified. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. President of the United States, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I forgot, but these are declassified. I already declassified those. And the DA in Manhattan is getting looked at now, too. Yeah, I heard that also. He's getting looked at because they're like, hey, you can't harass a former president of the United States on some bullshit. Like, even one of the jurors came forward and said, this guy absolutely knows he has nothing. He's trying to, he's trying to, um, he's trying to arrest former president of the United States on bullshit charges. It was a well, wild week. If you have been in the trenches, Ben, um, you didn't see the full-on display of the American idiots in Congress yesterday. No. Completely attacking the CEO of TikTok. There is such a clear agenda. You have bipartisan support to cancel TikTok. Wow. They want it banned. Dang. And they had the CEO who doesn't take interviews. Right. At barely at all. Yeah. On Capitol Hill. And they disrespected this motherfucker. Really? Ten times over. Wow. And I have audio. And we're going to play it. I want you to listen. And some of the questions were so fucking stupid. They weren't interested in anything this motherfucker had to say. Yeah. Nothing. They just wanted to bully him. Yeah. And try to get him to make mistakes. Lawmakers grilling the CEO of TikTok today, accusing the social media company of spying on Americans for China. TikTok surveils us all. And the Chinese Communist Party is able to use this as a tool to manipulate America as a whole. Your platform should be banned. I expect today you'll say anything to avoid this outcome. 
the CEO, Shou Chu, rejecting claims that Beijing has any control over TikTok through its Chinese parent company ByteDance and insisting that Americans' data is now largely stored on U.S. soil. Do any ByteDance employees in China, including engineers, currently have access to U.S. data? Congressman, uh, I would appreciate this. This is a complex uh, topic. Today, all data yes, is stored yes, by no, default. No, it's not that complex. Yes or no, do they have access to user data? We have, after Project Texas is done, the answer is no. Project Texas is TikTok's name for its ongoing effort to move all U.S. data onto servers hosted by the American company Oracle, which is based in Texas. That defense, however, falling on deaf ears. I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. I find that actually preposterous. I don't believe that it is technically possible to accomplish what TikTok says it will accomplish through Project Texas. Lawmakers provided no evidence that the Chinese government has used the app to surveil Americans, but they repeatedly pointed to an episode from last year when four TikTok employees, including two based in China, were fired after improperly accessing journalists' data. We do not condone the effort by certain former employees to access U.S. Uh, TikTok user data in an attempt to identify the source of leaked confidential information. Even so, governments around the world are moving to ban the app, including the Biden administration, which now prohibits TikTok on federal devices. Here's the deal. TikTok is pounding all competition. The revenue that they are generating through advertising is blowing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter out of the water. It's not even fucking close. When do you have bipartisan support for something on both sides? Rarely. Right. So they're not interested in anything these people have to say. No. They're getting... It's the lobbyists. Facebook and Instagram and all these other companies are supporting these lobbyists because they can't even compete with the revenue that TikTok is making in China. Yeah. And that revenue, they want it. That's why there's the push to sell it. Yeah. That's why there's the the Texas thing. Yeah. Oracle. Well, yeah, they're trying to move the data. But I mean, would that really be secure if China wanted just because the uh, they would still have ByteDance would still have access to the servers right. over here, even right. though the data is being housed here. But dude, it is so. It had um, one congressman was asking if uh, if they if they could control someone's Wi-Fi at their house, and and the, and the CEO's like, "What are you even asking me? I can't control the Wi-Fi." Uh, at somebody's house. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um, and I don't know. I mean, so, like, what do you think about... Well... Now, now, hold on one second. Before you answer that, TikTok is definitely an addicting product. The teenagers, adults get sucked into that shit. Is it great for our kids? No, probably not. Right? No. Um, but at the same time, what are you going to do? What do you think the younger generation is going to do if you ban an app that 150 million people love? What are voters going to say about that? Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of young folks that really are into TikTok. Well, the danger of TikTok is, um, I, I mean, I love TikTok. You know, I think it's awesome. I think it's better than the other social media apps. 
Um, but there has been scrutiny around their user agreement and the types of things, the types of data that they're collecting off of your device. Um, basically like anything on your device, all of your passwords, all of your accounts, all of your information, all like, ba like there's, they say that it can basically go into all of your shit and get all of your information. You know what I'm saying? And it's saying that you agree to that in the user agreement. Um, and so I think that's kind of the part that is, because, dude, the thing is, is that, you you know, there's not, Chinese people are great people, but the Chinese Communist Party yeah. wants control of the world. Oh, yeah. They want to run the world, one world government. Actually, I was talking to a senator today from our district, and he was telling me that they are trying to push a bill through that prohibits the Chinese Communist Party specifically from owning or buying agricultural land in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. Yeah. The Chinese Communist Party currently owns 2 million acres in the United States, including agricultural land, um, land next to military bases. I mean, they're very aggressively pursuing control of America from an agricultural perspective, from a technological perspective, they want to control your energy. They want to control your technology. They want to control the agriculture. And, you know, they're playing they're playing chess. We're playing checkers. They're playing a 50-year game, a 100-year game. They're playing a 100-year game that started in 1950. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what is the U.S. playing? A shitty game of checkers. Checkers, yeah. Well, does China, do they let us, do they let our government own land in China? I don't. I don't even know. I don't even want to own land in China. No, you but the government. But is our yeah. government, our companies, are not able to go over there, and really establish a right. business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, there's like they would tax. And them. so that's that's what this guy's on the chopping block for, and that's why they want TikTok on the chopping block because, like, um, Joe Rogan said on his podcast, he said, "This is from TikTok's privacy policy." We collect certain information about the device you use to access the platform, such as your IP address, user region, mobile carrier, time zone, identifiers for advertising purpose, the model of your device, the device system, the network type, and it just goes on. So, you know, that's the, that's the problem is the privacy issue. And people are worried that the, that, TikTok is actually a tool of the Chinese Communist Party to capture all of the data and information of the consumer population of the United States, to which they are already manufacturing products. Right. Well, Facebook you know? and TikTok, they all have similar user agreements, though. They're all collecting primarily the same data. Yes, but they're American companies, so right. that's that's the difference, you know. Um that's that's the difference, and and not not only are they American companies, this one is owned by the Chinese Communist Party, which specifically is now we have yeah, a symbiotic but, relationship with China. But wait, hold on, no, ByteDance owns that. I don't think that's owned by the the actual Chinese Party, though. I I think well, now, 
the they, country is a communist country. So right. if you're going to be successful in a communist country, you're going to do what they you say. are owned by the government. You're going to do what they say. They, they can they call say. it whatever the fuck they want to call whatever they want to call whatever. You know, I mean, like, right. It well, is whatever they I mean, it's a communist nation. They'll take it all away. Yeah, they own it. Right. You just run it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're allowed by our good yeah. graces at this moment. That's right. You just get to do this. It's fucking yeah. Well, and so and so that's the fear is specifically it's China who's, you know, currently manufacturing most of the things that we use in the United States. Yeah, which is crazy. It's unfortunate. And I think that there's I think that there's a big push to make things in the United States. I hope we can do that. Although, I heard that in Michigan, they paid China seven hundred and eighty-seven million dollars to come. And set up a uh, an auto manufacturing facility next to GM, Ford, all those companies. And they're going to be Chinese non-citizens working there. There's been 900 military-aged males caught recently crossing the border, the southern border. So there's an idea that we're being infiltrated there as well. And they're throwing up these spy balloons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're sending spy balloons. Out getting shot down. Well, could be a that could be a distraction to a bigger issue. If you listen to Daniel Bland, you know, the balloon itself was carrying a satellite, and it was. Yeah, I it was saw a satellite, it. and Daniel Bland says that satellites are carried by balloons. So it could be that you just had a faulty satellite balloon that they were like, "Don't shoot it down. It's a perfectly good satellite. Like we got to send it back up." You know, but then this whole media thing got spun that it was the Chinese spy balloon to scare the shit out of everybody. Right. Hide the fact that there's a satellite on a balloon. <laughs> well, they, I think they did come out, China, you know? China did come out and say that, I think they claimed that it was a weather balloon. Oh, I, I don't know if that yeah. was the media reporting that or if there was any actual validity to that subject. Meaning a, a weather satellite. Could have been a weather balloon. I don't fucking know, dude. I'm over all this shit. I don't either. But I thought the people on Capitol Hill looked like a bunch of assholes. They're so up in arms about China. They're a threat. They're meeting with Russia. Xi Jinping meeting with Vladimir Putin. Right. What are they talking about? They're getting rid of the petrol dollar and they're going to the uh, petrol yen. They're trying to make an alliance to move off of the U.S. dollar as the currency with which they trade among themselves. The U.S. dollar is currently the global reserve currency. And Russia and China and Latin America are actually trying to join forces and do another currency. They call it BRIC. Will that hurt us in some capacity? The dollar would become worth much less. The currency itself. When the currency goes down in value, yeah. everything gets more expensive. That's part of what you see happening already. But as the United States... They just haven't been doing a great job lately with international relations and everything. You know, these other countries are just doing whatever the fuck they want. You know, this whole Ukraine thing, the situation in Taiwan right now, I heard U.S. troops have gotten sent to Taiwan, which if China takes Taiwan, we're going to have a, a big problem. Then we'll be in a kinetic war with China if that happens. If they go after Taiwan, yeah. which is which is technically they consider it China. Well, we don't recognize it. We recognize them as their own, but China sees them as part of their land. It's like Puerto Rico, except Puerto Rico a hundred years ago 
was like, we're our own country now. We don't, we're doing our own thing. As of right now, the Chinese, they don't really control Taiwan. At all. At all. It's its own country. It's its own thing. They make all the microchips in the world. It would be easy for them to take it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You look at all of the events throughout the world, throughout time, and sometimes I look at it and I'm like, the shit just feels manufactured, like 9-11. It just doesn't feel right. Pretty scary to me because, you know, you hear all these rumors and you see the pandemic, you see what what happened with that, and then all they're talking about is nuclear war this, nuclear war that, like back in the day when the, the Cuban nuclear crisis, the Cold War. It's just interesting, man. It's really interesting. You know, I hope the best for everybody, really. It's a weird world right now. It really is. You know, the banking situation is is, is also still very interesting. It's a, and it's not, who knows Keeping where, an eye on that. Who, who knows where this is going to develop next. Right. Or what's going to develop from that next. Well, it ought to be good for real estate yeah. until it's not. So our listener works for a big company. A very big company. I guess you could say in the technology sector, very innovative stuff. Amongst the peasants of the company, mm, which... The plebes. The royal fools. The plebs. Yes. There is some discord amongst them. So there's almost this cancer growing. Our listener, he hasn't noticed what disrespect that some of the other employees are experiencing he hasn't personally experienced it but he's hearing talk and there's a lot of bashing going on yeah about this upper management his question to us is how do you cut out a cancer when they are above you management probably doesn't know what the problem is nobody is coming to him saying this is my issue with you. This is the yeah. way that you're handling this. I, right. But they're talking lots of shit. And our listener is starting to see it disturb some of the performance. I started thinking to myself, it's like, okay, when you have a cancer in your upper management, you need to try to cut it out. Right. But if you don't know and everybody's looking at you as the problem, how do you address that? I guess you could always go try to go to HR and file a report. But it's a big deal in a company of this size. That's right. If you're the problem and everyone's looking at you as a problem, but no one's coming to you and being like, hey, talking, breath stinks. you're talking down to me. Were they afraid they're going to lose their jobs? It's multiple people now. So it's not just one person. If it's one person that has... It's a be- groundswell. Yeah. It's like the but, office. But our listener is not involved in the um, the manager bashing. Right. But he's hearing it. So he doesn't want to tell on his colleagues. Yes. But how do you gently approach the person that is above everybody that is the reason why people are not doing their best? And in a position like this, like if people don't do their best, people die. Most of the time... Problems are leadership problems. There's a saying, every problem's a leadership problem. If you're doing your job to the best of your ability, there's certain people that, that you just can't deal with. So get another job, to me. I mean, that's what I'd do. You're talking about the manager or colleague. Yeah, yeah, dude. If, if I'm not being treated properly, I'm just going to, I'll be out. That's not an option, you know what I mean, for a lot of people. 
it's a funky line to be in when, you know, it's not the manager noticing that necessarily like this person is the cancer and we can just get them out because the cancer in an organization on a team in a household. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the, I mean, it is a disease and it'll keep growing and it'll keep infecting. You know, I've been in situations like that before where I felt like the um, leadership and the management of the company wasn't doing the right things. And a lot of the other people at the company felt the same way. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I left. I think I might know which company you might be talking about. Yeah, I left. And, and subsequently, a lot of other people left too. And I didn't intend for the other people to leave. But I had to leave. I just had to. Because the... I felt uncomfortable. I was. Un- I felt exposed. Ethically? I mean, was it just, you know, from an ethical standpoint? Or was it just... He just not a good leader. He wasn't leading. The person who was running the company was a great leader in one way, but a bad. In but in way. another way, he was doing business in a way that I didn't think was right. Toxic. Yeah, just pissing people off. If you're in a situation in the office where you got a bunch of people that are trying to do the least amount of work as possible and just let the day go by, and all they're doing is sitting there bitching and complaining about the boss, and the boss wants to do more shit and shit like that. The best thing you can do is just be a beast and outperform all those motherfuckers because it'd be easy to do and outperform them all and do all the shit you can and go to the boss and be like, hey, what else do you need? What can I help with? I'm already done with that other shit. You know what I'm saying? Make yourself look like the star. Yeah, and don't talk shit and don't get involved in all that gossip and just bust ass. And before you know it, motherfuckers will be talking shit about you too. And guess what else will happen? They won't be there anymore. You'll be the next leader. Yeah. And you'll know what the fuck's going on, and that'll enable you to fire them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and hire new people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting perspective, because y- y- that is something in an organization that... Oh, uh, I don't want to be here. Uh, right, right. It's like, it's uh, like the DMV. Uh, it's like these people, government employees doing It's like, dude, you're that- alive. You woke up today. This is your job. You choose to come here. You choose to spend your life here, your whole life. Yeah, you could do something. It's your choice, 100%, when you get out of bed in the morning, your choice to get dressed and come here. Yeah. So that you can do what? Sit there and eat pretzels and drink uh, whatever and drink like sparkling water. You know what I mean? What are you clicking And on? complain. <laughs> like, why even do that? <laughs> Just stay at home. Yeah. There's so many jobs. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, working... In a place where you are unhappy, there's no, I mean, as we've discussed, time is money. I mean, you have such limited time. Time's all we have. Why would you spend it in a place that doesn't value you and that you don't value? I mean, like there's a million other things you can do. Now, granted, everybody needs money to pay their bills and sometimes there might be some financial woes to make that leap to something different. And the unknown is normally what stops people. Because when the paycheck stops, if you haven't saved anything, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a bit of unknown before you start, you know, get into another position, you know? Yeah. Uh, Now, there are better ways to trans... um, there are better ways to transfer, yeah. you know, be looking for, you know, working on something on the side as you're doing that shit job, but you have an exit plan and you're working towards it. 
I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow yeah. and then be done, but you can, there are things you can do to start to move out of that. Yeah, if that's what you want. Yeah, exactly, dude. You know, if you're, if you're in a bad spot, you're not happy where you're at, make a change. Yeah. Simple. Don't be mm. scared. Just do it. Yeah. Just go. Uh-huh. So, um. Or be a badass. Right. Well, here's my thinking. You might not have to like your job, but you can shine in any position. That's what I mean. I dude. don't even care if it's at McDonald's. Yeah. You could shine as the as the drive-through person in such a way. Yes. You could get discovered right. by somebody that is coming in for their number three, and be like, "That guy who I come here once a week is so." I could see his potential. Right. Right? Absolutely. And, I mean, and you can get Happens elevated. all the time, dude. You can get elevated. Make the best French fries in the world. Make the best burgers in the world. You know, do it the best. Do it to the best of your ability. Move quick. Hustle. That's yeah. the hustle. I mean, well, even people that want to move slow. I mean, if you're going to do something, just do, do the best job at it you can. No, no, but moving slow in any position where people are trying to get out fast is the worst thing you can do. So therefore, if you're a slow-moving person, don't get a job like don't that. Don't be a sloth. <laughs> don't get a job where you have to move fast, you know? Quick Trip is probably, and if you don't live in Georgia, there is a gas station chain called QT, Quick Trip. It right. is probably, hands down, I don't care, Racetrack has come out with fancy new stores. They still fucking suck. Yes. QT is the best run oiled machine when it comes to gas stations. There is. You could walk in there and one person be behind the counter and they can literally manage three registers at the same time and bust out a line in minutes. Yeah. While greeting people that are still walking in. That's right. They are hustlers and that's why they get paid well, but they're also... They're timed on their transactions. Jeez. That's why they move so efficiently. Nowhere else have I ever seen it. I think we've all been there walking to an Exxon and be behind somebody who's getting lottery tickets and you're standing there going. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. QT is incredible. It's a line. Behind the bullet. A line all the way back to the to the drink area. Yeah. Yeah, Back by the chips. Yeah, where you just have to say, fuck it, I don't have time for or this. Or you might be in the aisle where they have, like, the little vanilla cakes. Everybody has bad days, but ultimately, do your job to the best of your ability, and if you don't want to do that job anymore, start seeking another area. Get into real estate. Get your real estate license. But that's not a business for the week either. Any sales job is not a business for the week. That's right. Delayed gratification. Building a book of business. But, you know, you got to do that with anything, really. Hey, that's going to wrap it up. This is the Manfuse podcast. Share the show. You can join the show by hitting us up at manfuse.com or you can text or leave a voicemail at 770-744-5227. We'll talk to you soon.